Well, hi, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to all the newcomers and the old timers and everyone in between. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. I live in New York. And um, this topic um, that we're going to talk about tonight, sponsorship, is really near and dear to my heart because it's um, it's an essential component <laughs> to getting well. And, you know, if you're new here and you're thinking, you know, or you're new in recovery or you're starting over again, you might think, okay, this doesn't apply to me. Well, it absolutely does apply to you because um, you're, you are going to sponsor. Like if you mean business, if you think you're here because you want to get well, there, there's, this isn't optional, you know, and, and if that's a scary, you know, prospect right now, my, um, my understanding is, and my experience is when you have a true spiritual experience and awakening, the desire, the craving to help another person, it's, it's undeniable. You just feel it. And I've seen it happen again and again for people. They say like, I, I, I'm like, I want to help somebody. I want to send someone my way. Um, and so, you know, I'm going to start off with um, Dr. Bob's nightmare. On page 181, it says, I spend a great deal of time passing on what I learn to others who want and need it badly. I do it for four reasons. So we have four reasons why we do it. One, sense of duty. Two, it is a pleasure. Three, because in so doing, I am paying my debt to the man who took time to pass it on to me. And because, four, because every time I do it, I take out a little more insurance for myself against a possible slip. So it is our duty, our responsibility. And I, I feel like I could not live with myself if I didn't help another person, you know, try to save her life, try to get a relationship with God so that her life can be spared from this disease. And, you know, I believe in this because this saved me from the gates of death. You know, it says that in the doctor's opinion that, that we give because it, you know, we believe in ourselves and still more in the power, right, God, um, that saved us from the gates of death. So, um, and it is a pleasure, a true joy and a calling. Um, and we repay the person or people. For many of us, it took a community. You know, I had many sponsors along the way and I owe each and every one of them you know, my service, not to them, but to the new person coming in. Um, and, you know, and if all else, if all those other reasons aren't reason enough, because it keeps us sober, because it keeps us abstinent. Um, in page 89 and working with others, it says practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help when no one else can. 
you can secure their confidence when others fail. Remember, they're very ill. So I want to talk about this having immunity notion, you know, and if we think about the immunization, you know, and all, you know, think about um, illnesses, you know, an immunization is an injection that keeps us actually very close with the disease. You know, when you get a, a immunity, they inject you with a form of the disease. You're very close, intimate contact with it, and you're capable then your body of making the required antibodies so that you can fight off this disease. And I would say that it's pretty similar how it works with compulsive eating and working with others. I need to have close, intimate contact, intensive, intimate contact with the still sick and suffering. And then, um, you know, and I think here's the other thing where we're reminded that people are sick. The people, when you're sponsoring someone and you're helping somebody, we're supposed to remember that they're sick. They're not bad. They're not weak. And they're not beneath us. They're not beneath you, right? Um, and then Janet said, like, the last time, you know, the only thing that maybe I might have compared to the person that I'm helping with is I came to this maybe a little bit earlier, right? Or I was able to reach that spot a little bit earlier than they are, but certainly not um, any better than any other person here. And we have to remember that when we're sponsoring people, that we are equals, <laughs> that, you know, we're not superior to anybody. Um, you know, even though we might be the ones giving direction, you know, we are still not the director, right? We're supposed to be seeking God and let God really direct us in channeling what we would believe God would have us be, do and say, so that we can help other people. That it's not our own power that we're like spewing on to people, but really we're, we're a channel. We're receiving it and then helping. Um, in the doctor's opinion, to sort of emphasize that, you know, you're going to have to do this, right? As part, it says in XXV, as part of his rehabilitation, he commenced to present his conceptions to other alcoholics, impressing upon them that they must do likewise with still others. This has become the basis of a rapidly growing fellowship of these men and their families. This man and over 100 others appear to have recovered. And, and then again, in the chapter Working with Others on page 94, it says, it is important for him to realize that your attempt to pass this on to him plays a vital part in your own recovery. Actually, he may be helping you more than you are helping him. So this working with other people, you know, it's interesting that it's discussed right in the doctor's opinion, because that's usually the first thing we kind of sit down and crack open together. And so, you know, it, it's sort of like when, not sort of like, it is like, when I start working with a new person, right off the bat, I need to lay out the terms of our agreement. What is going to be the payment, right? certainly nothing for me, but right in the first conversation, we are to impress upon them, make it clear to them 
that when they get well, they will help others. There's no point in doing this if it stops with that person, right? Because we are a part of a rapidly growing fellowship. Um, you know, and um, so we remain recovered. We get restored to sanity. Sponsoring is not optional, right? Um, and it says here that we work at our solution on the spiritual as well as the altruistic plane. We favor hospitalization for the alcoholic who's very jittery be fogged. More often than not, it is imperative that a man's brain be cleared before he is approached as he has then a better chance of understanding and accepting what we have to offer. And then on XXVII, it says, of course, right, someone ought to be freed from his physical craving for liquor, and this often requires a definite hospital procedure, right, before psychological members measures can be of maximum benefit. So, okay, so our program, it's spiritual and altruistic, unselfish, philanthropic, self-sacrificing, um, but we're told you got to put the, right? You have to like let go of food. And now it doesn't say to leave people alone, go off, get abstinent. You found out you're powerless. Awesome. Here's your food plan. Go get abstinent and call me in three days. Now I know that there are some director and there are some people who work it that way, but I'm going to spell out this is you know this is our sponsorship workshop so we're gonna i'm gonna spell it out the way that i see it the way that i interpret it and the way that i understand it um when someone is hospitalized they're given care they're not sent and banished to an island alone they're actually given support you know given a room given a cozy bed given treatment given support given help giving parameters. So I'd say like, you know, from my experience and many people I've worked with, we were not put into treatment programs. Some people are, some people do go into treatment, um, but I wasn't. Many people that I work with don't go into treatment, but I would say as a sponsor, you can absolutely help somebody create their own hospitalization, their own safe space. Um, and I, I believe that part of my work as a sponsor is to offer assistance to a fellow in getting clean. You know, here are the things that we do, right? We help them identify maybe their problem foods or maybe some of their problem behaviors. We help them in that sense, um, you know, and then we, as part of this hospitalization period, we help them remove all the distractions that might tempt them all the things that are gonna get in the way. So if you're, you're in the hospital, you're not going on vacation, you're not going out for dinner, you're not taking up a new dance class or a new hobby, it's not the time to sign on to be the PTA president mom, right, in the midst of hospitalization, or you know to be the cookie mom if you're in Girl Scouts. Like, you're in the hospital, do not under any thought think that you're going to sign up to be in charge of the, the candy fundraiser, like just not very smart. Um, and you know, um, 
you're not going out to dinner. You're not making big life-changing decisions, right? You're not really supposed to do that if you're in the hospital. Um, you know, and, and I tell people if going food shopping is too enticing, then while you're in the hospital, you don't go, right? You order it, you have it delivered. If need be, you ask a friend to help you. And if nobody else, you know, like right now, you can actually order it all online and pull up curbside, right? And just pick it up. Um, you can also, you know, if none of those are viable options, you can go with a list and a sponsor can either FaceTime you while you're in the supermarket. I've done that with people. Or you can find fellowship support, like what was discussed here, reaching out to people who will, who will actually hang out with you in the supermarket while you're FaceTiming and just walk up and down the aisles with you. Now, I want to say that our, our solution is not to live that way forever, right? The idea is to get out of the hospital and then to get on with the business. Actually, the idea is to get out of the hospital, get well, and then help others and maybe help others who might need hospitalization as well. And then we help them get out, right? So it's not the way the newcomer's gonna have to live always, but it's crucial that they understand that the main focus right now is on their recovery, is on getting clean, and is on getting a relationship with God. It's gotta come numero uno, number one before anything else. Um, you know, I, um, in Bill's story on page nine, it says, fresh skinned and glowing. So here's gonna be a little bit of directions for if you're a sponsor, how you should show up, right? Um, fresh skinned and glowing, starry eyed look, but he did no ranting and the result was self-evident, it worked, right? So, if you're carrying the message, and this was describing Ebby, this is what drew Bill in. Bill saw Ebby and he knew here's a guy who was a drunk just like him, but he showed up and he looked healthy and he looked well and his, his like eyes were alight and he didn't rant at him. He didn't preach and he didn't rant, but his his deportment, the way that he looked, the way that he appeared, the way that he sounded was self-evident, right? It was more powerful than his words was the way that he appeared. So I would say as a sponsor, you know, if you're carrying the message, look like a message, sound like a message. You know, if you're choosing to sponsor, um, oh, if you're choosing a sponsor, right? If you're somebody who's here and is like, I'm not up to sponsoring yet, but I need a sponsor, look for someone who appears to have been transformed. Look for someone who, who seems pretty happy, joyous and free, not just skinny, right? I mean, uh, you want to find somebody who's, who looks happy in their release um, and no ranting self-evident you know i think like all throughout my life i had a lot of people they were not my sponsors they were just people who loved me who would tell me how i was killing myself 
You're killing yourself and you should do something about it. But the people that wound up helping me that became my sponsors, and, and for those of us, right, we're going to sponsor, um, that wasn't the message that I grabbed onto. The message that I grabbed onto were people who said, I was killing myself and I'm not anymore, right? And they looked like they were alive and they sounded passionate about these steps and I could hear that they had had a profound spiritual experience. Um, so, you know, I, I want to make a point here too that all throughout Bill's story, um, he makes a point of calling Ebby my friend, right? Ebby was his friend. And on page 12, paragraph two, it says, despite the living example of my friend, and on page 13, paragraph five, it says, my friend promised when these things were done, I would enter a new relationship with my creator, belief in the power of God, plus enough willingness, honesty, and humility are essential requirements. So, you know, his friend told him that this is about getting a relationship with the creator. Um, but it's also talking about him as a friend. Now, also in the chapter, Working with Others, it says on page 94, if your talk has been sane, quiet, and full of human understanding, you may have perhaps made a friend. And then it goes on to say, offer him friendship and fellowship. Tell him that if he wants to get well, you will do anything to help. And, you know, so I, I, the reason I highlighted all those, and by the way, there are 16, I believe, times that the word friend is mentioned in the chapter working with others. So they were friends and we're supposed to be friendly. I say as a sponsor, um, you're supposed to be friendly with the person that you're helping. That this is the language of the heart that we speak. Remember, we're not above anybody. We just came to this scene maybe a little bit earlier, maybe a beat ahead of them. Um, you don't need to teach and guide someone in a position of superiority, right? It's supposed to be, um, it's supposed to be shoulder to shoulder, not above, right? So I, I have to say that I, I do hear sometimes this, I'm, I'm not your friend line. And, um, and I say like, let's go back to this idea that remember they're very sick. <laughs> Well, we're talking about sick people, not criminals. And sick people are certainly more than worthy of my friendship, right? Um, you know, and, and I want to say sometimes when we begin to work with people, they're displaying a lot of the symptoms of this illness, right? Which is selfishness is the root. So all the symptoms, they're not pretty. And it might be hard to begin a friendship with someone. I know what I was like when I came in full of self-pity, riddled with self-pity, so self-centered. Every time I remembered, every time I opened up my mouth, it was like, 
well, that I don't, you don't know how that makes me feel. And, and I was like, I was a prisoner to my feelings. It was, I would, you know, every time my sponsor would ask me something, it, I always started off with like how upset I am and how this one is doing this and that one is doing that. And, and that's not a fun friendship. Of course, it's not a fun friendship, but she still offered me her friendship and her support. And because those were the symptoms of sickness, right? That was the, that was the, um, that was the, um, the way that my illness appeared. So we don't need to teach somebody from a position of superiority and we're supposed to be patient, kind and patient. On page 14, paragraph six, it says, my friend had emphasized the absolute necessity. Particularly, was it imperative to work with others as he had worked with me? If an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. So imperative, again, not optional. And it says through self-sacrifice. Isn't that interesting? That it's through self-sacrifice, not through knowledge. Not just through knowledge, but through sacrifice, through giving of ourselves, inconvenience, pinch, should pinch a little bit. You know, we're going to have trials. We're going to have low spots. And being recovered does not mean that our lives are gonna be challenge free, right? Um, page 16, most of us feel we need to look no further for utopia. We have it right with us right here and now each day. My friend's simple talk in our kitchen multiplies itself in a widening circle of peace on earth and goodwill to men. So my friend's simple talk. Okay, here's more direction. My friend's talked to me simply, right? And it's a beautiful widening circle. It's such a thrill, I have to say, to find out sponsees who are sponsoring and their sponsees are sponsoring and their sponsees are sponsoring too, you know? And, and that's what gives us utopia, not perfect lives, right? But this self-sacrifice that leads to this widening circle. Um, you know, on page 18, it says, page, um, paragraph four, but the ex-problem drinker who has found this solution, who is properly armed with facts about himself, can generally win the entire confidence of another alcoholic within a few hours. Until such an understanding is reached, little or nothing can be accomplished. Okay, that the man who is making the approaches had the same difficulty that he obviously knows what he's talking about, that his whole deportment shouts at the new prospect, that he is a man with a real answer, that he has no attitude, so here's more direction, no attitude of holier than thou, nothing whatever except the sincere desire to be helpful, that there are no fees to pay, right? So we can't charge anybody, no access to grind, right? No big like issues that I feel like have to like make sure that you know, um, no people to please, no lectures to be endured. 
these are the conditions we found most effective. So it talks here about these facts. So what are you armed with? What are the facts that you're armed with? You know, um, and when people say, I don't know that I'm qualified to sponsor. Well, if you've had a spiritual awakening, you are, right? And you have all the facts you need. You don't need to know the book forwards and backwards. Sometimes people say that, like, I don't know everything in the book. Great, you're not asked to. The facts that you're supposed to be armed with are the facts about yourself. Like, you are the expert in you, right? Um, not facts about what page to find a certain passage or facts about Bill and Ebby. You know, if that's an interest and if it's helpful, then my experience is that God will help you perfect your knowledge. My own personal knowledge about the book has grown, multiplied, and tripled with each person I worked with. Every time I opened up the book with another person, I learned more, right? And every time I didn't know the answer to their questions, which is often, I'm not an encyclopedia, right? So when I don't know an answer to a question, here's a tip for, for you guys as sponsors. The right answer when you're asked a question and you don't know the answer to is, gee, I don't know, <laughs> right? Because we're honest. Gee, I don't know. Let's crack open the book and find out together, right? Let me look. Or if it's something that's way beyond my scope, my favorite answer is, have you taken it to prayer? Right? Let's put this in prayer. Why don't you pray about it? You know, um, because nobody's expected to be God. Only God has all the answers, right? Only God has all the answers. So that's always my, like, my go-to, like, line, right? Um, you know, we, um, our demeanor will show that we have a real answer and we're not pretending to be superior. All we want is to be helpful. Do not lecture. It's really clear here. Don't lecture. You can be an amazing sponsor without knowing every single passage in the book. Um, page 19, it says, none of us make a sole vocation of this work. All of us spend much of our spare time in the sort of effort which we are going to describe. So we do spend much of our spare time. You know, it's interesting. I've been asked recently, like by people, so what, what are your hobbies? What do you like to do? And people on the outside world, I mean, it's sort of like, I have to laugh. Uh, what do I like to do? I like to work with compulsive overeaters. That's what I like to do. That is my pastime. That has become a, 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 a passion for me. It's, it's my favorite hobby of all. I love reading the book. I love studying the book. I love being useful. I love being helpful. I have a job. I happen to, I happen to love most aspects of my job, so I'm fortunate. Um, and I, you know, and I'm able to make enough of a living doing my job. Um, and I love this. It says that a few of us are fortunate enough to be so situated that they can give nearly all their time to the work. And I laughed because I was asked recently from someone, they were like, oh, how many years left do you have to, re to retire? And I told them and they said, oh, so you'll still go on and work after that. And I was like, 
uh, 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 I want to work with compulsive overeaters. That's what, I can't wait till I can retire that I can do this. You know, I hope to be that fortunate. Um, page 97, it says, helping others is the foundation stone of your recovery. A kindly act once in a while isn't enough. You have to act the Good Samaritan every day if need be. So, you know, as a sponsor, it's important to let new people know too that helping others, if it's the foundation stone of their recovery, it means that the rest of their recovery has to be built upon helping people. It can't come at the end. That's the roof, right? So in the beginning, we have to start being helpful. We have to start giving help wherever we can in any way because that's going to help us build our foundation. Um, and it's not like, oh, once in a while we do nice things for people, but it's but it becomes part of who we are, how we are. Um, you know, you're going to have to figure out how to do this while still working, right? Most of us are going to have to figure out how to still do this while having a job. And um, working with others is not convenient. It's not said to be convenient work with others. In fact, remember immunity is intensive work with others, intensive. You know, and I say like when you're worried about, well, how am I gonna fit this in? You know, um, my disease was not convenient either. Binging was not convenient. Um, my compulsive overeating never cared about the time it took me away from my interests. Didn't matter. Um, it demanded fidelity. The food in my life demanded that I place it above everything else, right? Um, so you cannot recover if you think you're going to fit this into your pre-existing life. It doesn't work like that. Um, and you can't remain recovered if you think now that your step work is done, oh good, I finished my step work check, I'm out of the hospital check, um, now I won't have anything hard to do anymore, right? Not true. Um, in fact, when people fall down and people, you know, have a relapse, oftentimes it's that they weren't working intensively with other people. They were sort of doing it conveniently at times. Um, page 19 through 20, it says, most of us sense that real tolerance of other people's shortcomings and viewpoints and a respect for their opinions are attitudes which make us more useful to others. Our very lives as ex-problem drinkers depend upon our constant thought of others and how we may help meet their needs. So sponsees are gonna have shortcomings. Their views will be different. Treat them with respect. Meet them where they're at. And I love this. It says that we will help meet their needs, not fill their needs. Their needs will be filled from God, but we will meet them where their needs are. Um, more about alcoholism on page 31. It says, we do not like to pronounce any individual as alcoholic, but we, but you can quickly diagnose yourself. And in the chapter working with others on page 91, it says, describe yourself as an alcoholic. 
right? When you're working with another person, you describe yourself as the compulsive overeater alcoholic. Page 92, it says, and be careful not to brand him as an alcoholic. Let him draw his own conclusions. And then it continues and says, continue to speak of alcoholism as an illness, a fatal malady. Talk about the conditions of body and mind which accompany it. Keep his attention focused mainly on your personal experience. So don't diagnose anyone. Do not pronounce anyone else a compulsive overeater. And I think this is part of the, the immunization for us. I'm constantly, when working with others, I'm constantly saying over and over again, I'm a compulsive overeater, my disease, my disease, my disease. Now, remember, I don't have any mental defense anyway. It's not that I can forget or remember, but I need a very intimate relationship with my disease, right? So in the intimate relationship with my disease is I constantly say and admit who I am and what I have, who I am and what I have. And it's not my job to convince someone that they're licked, right? That is not the job of a sponsor to tell someone, to, to, to give them warnings of that, where they're headed, you know, about, about any of it. But it really is the job of the food and all their failed attempts, all their own failed attempts. Um, I'm just keeping an eye on the time because I want to make sure I have time for questions and there's an awful lot here. So um, I think I'm going to stop at, um, I'm going to just maybe just to drop more and then I'll stop. Um, it says here on page 88 into action, it says faith without works is dead. Um, and so um, I can have all the faith in the world. And if I don't work with others, if I don't do this intensive work with others, my faith is dead. It means nothing. And I think about it like this. I have a car in the garage. I have faith that tomorrow my car is going to take me to where I need to go, right? But if I don't get in the car, I'm staying home. Right? If I actually don't get in the car, put the key in the lock and turn it, right? I'm not going anywhere. And it's the same thing with this idea of having faith. I can have all the faith in the world. But if I don't work, if I don't work with other people, if we don't help other people, our faith is dead. It doesn't mean anything. Um, so I'm going to stop there and pick up the next time.